The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. This is my Bible. I believe who it says I am. I believe that I can do what it says I can do. I'm a believer, not a doubter. And from this day, Namshlange, today, Vandaag, I will learn from this word. And my life will never be the same again. Because faith comes by hearing, and the hearing by the word of God. Amen. So, church, life is a journey. It's got a beginning, it's got an in-between, and it's got an end. But sometimes when we live this life, we get so caught up in the in-betweens and everything that happens with us and to us every day. But I want to show you this morning that the most important element in your life is you. We, we know that God comes first in our life. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how we live this life. Now, the person of you and everything else, if we look at all the other things that we have to deal with, it's very small in comparison to who you are in your own life. Because you are the main character of your life story. It's interesting because we were there when it began, but we're actually going to be there when it ends as well. Now, I've got good news for you this morning. There is a way that we can know what this journey on earth would look like. And you're going to say, how is that even possible? What you see is what you get. What you see on the inside is what you are going to get on the outside. So I want to say to you, if you don't like the outside, all we have to do is to change the inside. Luke 11.34, we're going to read it from the King James Version. It says, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body is also full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. The New King James said, The lamp of the body um, is the eye. So it takes light and a receptive eye to be able to see. Now we know that God is light. So I have to use my eyes to see. So Jesus is the light of the world. So when I see Jesus, that would change what I see. When I see Jesus, that light of who he is will bring light into my circumstances, into my life, into everything that I experience, even in myself. Now, I've learned that what you see becomes what you believe. And what you believe creates then a belief system, which will determine how you would see and experience God in your life. 
and how you will see and experience other people, also circumstances. So where does this seeing start? It starts in my heart. Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 3. And we're going to read it from the Message Bible. It says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That is where life starts. And we've just been talking about seeing. What are we seeing? And it's interesting, the word vigilant actually means to be on the alert, to be on your toes, to be watchful, to be sharp-eyed. You see, here comes the sea. So we have to be watchful over our hearts. We've got to be literally been looking at all the time on our toes that what is coming here into our hearts. Why do I say this? Because your heart designs your life. Your heart is the birthplace of our identity. Our identity is not outside us, it's within us. Your identity is not just who you are physically, it's who you are internally. Once upon a time, there was a chicken farmer, and he loved to go for a walk with his dogs in the wood every afternoon. So he takes his dogs, and this particular afternoon, they were walking in the woods, and then suddenly there was a little eagle lying on the ground. And he saw that the eagle, the baby eagle, was still alive. So he picked it up, and he put it inside his jacket, and he was on his journey home. And while he was walking back home, he was actually thinking, he doesn't know if there's such a clever idea. He's never raised a chicken. He doesn't know what to do. Oh, an eagle. He doesn't know what to do with the eagle. But then, being a chicken farmer, he decided to just put it with the chickens and leave it there. And then, at least they, it's their problem. He doesn't have it. They can, he can eat what they eat and everything. So what happened? This baby eagle grew up just imitating the chickens eating what they're eating, with his head in the dirt every day, being outside, sleeping with the chickens. And one day as he was outside, he saw at the corner of his eye a big shadow going over him. And at that moment, Mr. Rooster came past. And he said, Eagle said, what's that? And Mr. Rooster said, don't you even think about it. You're a chicken, and you will always be a chicken. <laughs> now, if I don't know who God created my, me to be, I will follow the mirror that I have of myself, or I will even live an identity that someone else has given me. Imitation will always replace revelation. So a change of identity is necessary for a change of destiny. Now, God gave us a brand new identity. And I want to share five points with you this morning to show to you what this identity looked like. In the first place, within my in-Christ identity, I have received the new me. We are brand new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the New King James. Let's see what it tells us. It says, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Verse 17. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, I love the way the Lord speaks to us through his word. Because it's all. 
All things have become new. It's you that have to say, never let anybody say to you that you're not a new creation. This word says, all things have become new. Then Colossians 2 verse 9 and 10. For in him, again, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the guarded bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So it's in Christ. In Christ. It's not in Dalian. It's in Christ. I have become brand new. In Christ, I am complete. Friends, we will never discover who we are outside of Jesus. No man can complete us. No woman can complete us. Have you heard someone say that, oh, I just want to marry her because she completes me? No, she will enhance your life. He will enhance your life. He will add to your life. But nobody else except Jesus can complete you. So in our spirits, we are complete. It's done. All you and I have to do. Listen, this is all we have to do. This is the easiest part because Jesus has done everything. We have to renew our minds daily to what God's word says And then, it's easy as pie, as they say. It's easy. Every single day. That's all we have to do. So I want to share the other scripture here, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 with you. He's given as his divine power, has given to us all things. You see? There's the all things again. That pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. This is the thing. You will, never know, you will never live these all things that God has given you if you don't know him. This is where life as a child of God starts. I have to know him personally. You know, people will often say if things go bad for us, they will say, oh, it's just not God's timing. It's not, it's not his timing for this for you now. I want to say to you that 2,000 years on that cross was God's timing. It's not according to God's timing anymore. It's according to his word. And people might say to you, this is just a test. Grin and bear it. Life is hard. This is a test. No, Jesus was tested on every level. And he passed every single test that we ever, nobody, God will never test you. So we have received a brand new you. Now the second identity in Christ that I have received is my position in life. I've received a new position, a new place where I start this life. And this is Ephesians 2, verse 6. And Paul says here, And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ, in Christ Jesus. This doesn't only indicate location, but also a position of authority. So I don't just have a new location, but I have authority in Jesus. This is my position, and that's why we can believe that because of Jesus, everything has been put underneath my feet. It's not a problem anymore because I'm in Christ. So I want to say to you this morning, what is true of Jesus is true of you. This is how you have to see yourself. And then the third identity that we have received in Jesus is our provision. And Pastor Henry preached this with me this morning from Ephesians 1 verse 3. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let's break this up. This has blessed us is written in the aorist tense in the Greek. That means there was a a point in the past that these blessings were already obtained and given to us. So this is not something that we have to sort after and try and find and work for. This is something that because of Jesus, we have already received. So we are not heading towards a victory. Remember this, child of God. We are coming from a place of victory. And then he's blessed us. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. There it is again. Every. Not some. Every spiritual blessings. Now, these spiritual blessings are actually spiritual realities. And as I believe and I act in faith... I, I actually extract these, bring these spiritual blessings into and make it a physical reality. Now, the heavenly places, Paul's talking about. This is precious. Because you know what? God found a safe place to put these blessings. And Paul is talking here about the spiritual realm. Now, if God's blessings were here on earth in the physical realm, in the soulish realm, it could have been stolen and it could have been corrupted. And even the enemy could have had access to it. But that's not what God did. He put it in the spiritual realm. Now, God, who is spirit, created every single thing that is physical, which tells you and I that the spiritual has got a much higher value than the physical. There's no comparison between the two. Now, I want to paint a picture for you. It's like these, safe, these blessings, God put them in a place of safekeeping. And he put, it, he put them in a vault. Now, we know like the World Bank has got a huge vault. I don't even know what the security around it is anymore. But there's a lock on this vault. And... For us in the natural realm, and we often battle with this, is how am I going to make this healing mine? How am I going to make God's provision mine? But God has given us the code to the, to the door of this vault. And that code is F-A-I-T-H. It is by faith that we retrieve, that we go fetch these blessings that God has given us. Another word for blessings is benefits. It's by faith that we take them out of that vault and they become ours. Now, some of the blessings that we have received, as we have received, I'm a child of God. So that means we have received his DNA. My dad died of Alzheimer's three years ago. I do not carry his DNA. I carry the DNA of my father. I'm forgiven of all my sins, past, present, and future. That means I am free. I have an inheritance. I love this. Jesus became poor so that we can become rich. We've got a a, a godly inheritance. I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. I have his wisdom. What more do we want than that? I have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I've become a holy temple in the Lord, and I am now the habitation of him. Where I walk, God walks with me, because he will have 
inside, on the inside of me. Now, we know Jesus said in John 10, 10, he gave us a life in abundance. But we're only going to live that life in abundance when we know who we are in Christ. When we know what Jesus has done for us. And we have been created to what? To have a relationship with God. We've been created to reign in this life. We've been created to bring healing to others. We've been created to soar like the eagle, not eat with our heads on the dirt and walk with their heads down every day. We are created to soar. Now, I want you to receive this morning a revelation of who God created you to be. Because if we don't live by revelation, we will live by imitation. Now, what does revelation mean? It's a fact that has become known. Now, friends, I tried to live on Andrew Womack's revelation for three years. And it didn't change me, and it didn't change my life. So I want to paint a picture for you. This was me, okay? Pretty green bucket, but a plastic one, not very valuable. This is... (laughs) That's what I was. That is exactly what I was. This is the living word. And I sat in a church for 38 years as a child of God, but nothing happened to me. Nothing changed. I was the same broken, pathetic person until. So what happened first? I did start here the true word, and I would receive this word. But do you see what happened? It, it just completely, it ran through. As I received the word, it didn't stay in my heart. It didn't change anything. But then I received the first revelation that my identity is in Christ. And that revelation became the putty that would stop that one hole. Okay, so there's less water. And then I received that I am free. And that's more putty that stopped the other hole. And as I started receiving revelation after revelation, I ended up being this plastic bucket, but I became a beautiful copper container that as I received, because it's a renewing of our minds, revelation upon revelation, And you know what happens then? It starts overflowing. And that is when you will touch other people's lives. Because what I have received became mine. Mine. It's got to be mine. Thank you, Melifri. It's got to be mine. So, revelation of who I am in Christ will bring confirmation of truth. And it will bring understanding. This is literally what happens to us. We have a before picture and we have an after picture. And there's a big difference between the two. You are not who you think you are. You are not who your parents said you are. You are not where you live you are. We are not our culture. We are not our financial standing in life. We are who God says that we are. Because, you know, this is the most important revelation I have received for me. Because when we don't know who we are, we will choose a support group that will accept us. Or we will live to please others just so they might like us. So God did not create you to be an imitation of something or someone else. He created you to be a picture of him. 
Because what does 1 John 4, 17, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So God wants us to be born again as eagles that saw. So God, through his grace, gave us Jesus, and that changed everything. What is God's grace? God's provision for our every need. Grace is actually, for me, the raw material that God gave us to live this life. We've received it. So in the fourth place, in this new identity, I've received the perfect environment. God had an original plan for this world, and it's not what it looks like today. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. We're going to read it from the New King James. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And you know, I know for all of us, it's easy to to relate to the power because we know it's the Holy Spirit's power. It's easy to relate to the love because we know God is love. But we often get tripped up by the sound mind. Because just think about your day. Sometimes a sound mind doesn't even come into the picture. But this is the mind that God has given us. Now, the sound mind, this phrase is taken from the Greek word sophroneo, which means a moderate mind, soundness of mind, and a self-controlled mind. But I want to read to you what Andrew wrote it as, and I love this. He said, God has given you and I a mind that has been delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, protected, and put it in a safe place, of sa- a place of safety and security so it's no longer affected by illogical, unfounded, herded, and bad thoughts. This is the sound mind. This is the environment. God created the world in love. We know he created us in love. He created us to live in this environment of power, love, and a sound mind. And friend, if your environment does not look like, this is what you need to choose. Because what happened? Adam and Eve lived in this perfect environment. And what happened then? The enemy came, and that brought a new in my environment. What is the opposite of this environment? It's an environment of fear. And what is fear? Fear is the opposite of truth. It's a lie. This is not what, how God wants us to live. When I believe a lie, I surrender myself to the enemy. I actually give my life away. So we have to choose to believe that God created an environment for us to live in which would be power, love, and a sound mind. And that's our choice, what we choose. Now, the fifth and the last picture of our identity that I want to share with you this morning is we have received the power to choose. And this is the make and break, as you want to say it in our lives. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. God is talking to us. He said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. The choices that you and I make determine our destiny. I choose my source. Life is from God. Death is from the enemy. I choose to be either dependent on God or dependent on the world. That's what I choose. How many times? 35,000 remotely conscious decisions per day 
That's what we choose. Every choose that every choice that I make will bear fruit of its kind. Choices of life will be life. Choices of death will be death. Choices of love, life will always put us in, in God's environment of life. Now I want to say to you that wholeness as a person begins with a choice. So let's learn from blind Bartimaeus this morning and see what he chose. We're going to go to Mark 46, and we're going to end with this story. I'll just wait for you, Mark 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho as he went out, as Jesus went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now this was in the last six months of Jesus' ministry that this happened. And this is just telling us about Bartimaeus. And then when he, when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Bartimaeus must have heard that Jesus has healed many people and delivered many people. And that is why. So I want to ask you this morning, have you heard that Jesus has healed many other people? Have you heard what he's done for you? Bartimaeus was waiting for Jesus to come. And then in verse 48, Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. I love the scripture. Son of David, have mercy on me. Church, there will always be someone who's going to tell you to be quiet. Can you see what happened here? He did not listen to them. There will always be someone who's going to tell you you're not worthy. There's always someone that's going to tell you God is not listening or he, he's not healing anymore or whatever. He didn't. Then many warned him. They actually warned him, which is quite harsh. But what did he do? He cried out all the more. And then verse 49. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. I love this. He's calling out to Jesus. Stop Jesus in his tracks. Jesus stood still. It, it, it took a man to call him. You can imagine where Jesus walked. There were millions of people, thousands of people. But this man keeping calling of son of David, have mercy on me. And then, listen to this. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise is calling to you. Isn't this crazy? The same lot that told him to be quiet. They're telling him now, be of good cheer. This is exactly, people. When it's going well with you, this is exactly what's happening. People will cheer you. They will stand by your side, but don't call out to Jesus. Don't call out to him. They don't expect anybody to cheer you when you're calling out in that place. This is exactly. So, 50. This is our main scripture. And throwing aside his garment... He rose and came to Jesus. I think one of the other, um, let me just see here, translations. Um, it actually said he casted it aside. So you must remember in those days, a garment was actually painting a picture of your standing in life as well. So the priest, you would see this is the priest and this is the prophet and this is a beggar. So he wanted Bartimaeus to, he took off 
the garment and he put it down. And I want to say it. He took off who he was, a blind man and a beggar, and he put it down and he turned away from it and he walked towards who he was going to be, sorry, going to become the healed of the Lord, the man with a new life, the guy that could now see, the one that could could earn a salary, that could maybe have a wife, that can have a life. This is the same with us. Jesus wants you to know today that it is important What we do with this garment that we hold around us. Are you holding on to your poverty? Are you holding on to your sickness? Take that cloak off and go walk towards Jesus and receive what what he gave us. Verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus is saying to us tomorrow, this morning, personally, child, my child, my son, my daughter, what do you want me to do for you today? Then the blind man said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And I believe Jesus asked him this question because he wanted to hear from Bartimaeus what he wanted to, because there was faith in his words. That is actually when the, when the miracle happened when he said, so I can receive my sight. Am I going to say, so I can receive my healing, so I can receive my provision. And then verse 52, then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And I want to say to you, go your way. Go live your life. Your faith has given you everything that you need for this life. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the Lord. I love John 3.36. The Lord reminded me this morning about the scripture again. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life. Remember, we started with what we see. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life. I remember in John 14, verse 1, Jesus spoke to his disciples, and he said, Let not your hearts be be troubled. Believe in God. Believe only, also in me. That code that we have, F-A-I-T-H, will change everything in your life. What you believe is what you will become. What you believe is what you will receive. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I want us to make this morning a commitment to ourselves. I'm going to read and then you can say it out loud with me. I will always be committed to that which gives me life. Let's say, I will always be committed to that who gives me life. Me lives. I am who he says I am. I am defined by all his promises. And I'm shaped by every word that he says. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. Thank you that all that we have to do is accepted by faith because we live by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, 
that you are majestic. Thank you, Father, Holy Spirit, that you came to change everything in our lives and all we have to do. So as we turn away from our garments this morning, that's lying in the ground, we are turning towards you. We're coming walking towards you to receive every, every promise that you have given us for this life. And we say thank you. We love you. We glorify you. We honor you. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.